you, Graham Norton here. What a Saturday we had here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Let's see what's in store today. Dexie's Midnight Runners frontman Kevin Rowland chats about the band's latest album, The Feminine Divine. I'll be revealing the winner of a £250 Waitrose voucher for the Waitrose Great Outdoor Eating Competition. And, of course, Maria McCurlin is with me, ripping open envelopes so that we can get to the bottom of your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. Morning, Maria. Maria. Good morning, Mr. Graham Norton. How are you? I am very well. How's uh, Yappy Raffy? Is he okay? <laughs> Yappy Raffy is okay. Currently caged um, in, a hu- in a in a very humane way, you understand. <laughs> He's not shackled or anything. He's so tiny, I can't imagine him in a cage. Well, squeezing out through the bars, obviously. Yeah. I have to say, Graham, good mm. luck to the lionesses today. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, yes. Yes. Women's football gaining momentum by the moment. It's it is a My My mother, 91, on a Thursday, she goes to daycare. And uh, so uh, on Thursday, I spoke to her on the phone and I went, how was daycare? Well, she wasn't happy. Oh, I could sense the curled lip on the phone line. Uh, when she arrived at <laughs> when she arrived at daycare, uh, they were all made to sit and watch the Lionesses, the Irish uh, women's football team playing Australia on a big screen in the daycare. My mother. Oh, my goodness. Rhoda would not like that. But surely she could have made a protest and gone into another room. Well, no, she was sat so close to the screen, but she couldn't see it. Uh, but here's the here's the interesting thing. What you were just saying about how it's gained all this momentum is that uh, one of the assistants of the daycare, her son had flown out to Australia to support the Irish team. And the granddaughter of one of her friends in daycare had also flown out to Australia in winter flown out to Australia to support the Irish team. So, I mean, it is extraordinary how big it's become now. And and can I just ask, because I didn't see, how did the Irish team do? Well, they lost a little. The, it was just the one goal. It was only <laughs> oh, the I one see. goal. I mean, it's almost, <laughs> I was... like, it's almost like not losing. It's only one goal. Yeah, it yeah. is, exactly. I was quite hoping to trick you there, because I thought Graham will never have any idea about who won the Irish game. But you did. You surprised me constantly, Mr Norton. Well, that's how big women's football has become. <laughs> That yeah. I now know who won a match, but uh, so today is the is the England um, uh, ladies' first one, right? I believe so. In Haiti, yes. Oh, is it? Is let's, that part of it too? Because we draw a line. They under have this no. They, they, have, to, they have to fly so much because, like, I know I don't know anything about the English ones. The Irish ones now they have to go to Perth, which is like you know it's like flying to America, and then mm-hmm. you know people are also having to play matches in New Zealand. I mean, poor little ladies. I mean, it's not, probably not as bad as Qatar, but it's still it's still exhausting for them. <laughs> poor little ladies. No, very strong lionesses. Yes. Hmm. Oh, it's available I on the Talk Sport today. There you go. Yeah, Talk Sport. Someone just shouted in my ear. Talk Sport. Oh, I no, see. No. Yes, talk yes. Sport. Um, Graham, this yes. this last week, but since I last spoke to you, I have been to a coven meeting, um, which is an annual event that I um, t- participate in with my girlfriends and has been going for 30 years. Six women um, who get together. You know, we were all friends. 30 years ago, and now we um, we went to Uckfield. 
Of course. Not far from, yes. Um, and stayed in a lovely Airbnb. And it's so interesting because, you know, it's, years ago, of course, when we first started this, we used to talk about boys and booze and babies and house prices, etc. And now we are reduced to still drinking quite large amounts, but talking about gardening and ailments. And sta- standard <laughs> chairlifts. And could you put one on no, that No, not yet. <laughs> I, I think that might be in 10 years' time, but for now... <laughs> Gardening, ailments, and um, lots of very good charity shops in Uckfield. I'd like to give them a shout-out for that. Very, very very pleasing. Lots of very rich people, obviously. And who did the six of you put a hex on this year? (laughs) You. Oh, okay. I thought I felt You should be feeling it sometime later. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I felt... I felt things weren't going well. And how long did it go? Did you just do two nights, or did you do one night? What was it? Yes, two nights and sort of three days, really, that's what it was, which is kind of, you know, it, well, it's like a weekend, but midweek, because we're all so busy still, despite being in our early 90s, <laughs> we're very, very busy. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Um, lovely. And uh, what was I going to say? And is your garden... Oh, no, I know what I wanted to ask you. Oh, uh, what did you want to ask me? I wanted to ask you, any sign of the European heatwave, because you are so close to Europe in Hastings, is there any... <laughs> Is there any little whiff of it uh, by the I'm beach I'm so there? close, I've got a European passport. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. There is no whiff of Cerberus, the um, is it a three-headed dog that guarded the gates of Hades. That's that'll what do. Calling that, that'll the do. That'll do. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely no sign. In fact, uh, needing jumpers at the moment, I would say. Oh, dear. That's, that's... Are you not going to a wedding later or something? I am. <laughs> Why are you just saying it like that? Well, cause it's, it's Is it quite, your own wedding? No, it's quite outdoorsy. Oh, I see. Yeah. Jumper. That's all I have to say to you. Jumper and umbrella. Well, I've got a, th- I've got a thick suit. <laughs> <laughs> a winter woolly suit. Very, very pleasing. <laughs> Tweed. Tweed for the summer wedding. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, you. Uh, gather your letters and then we'll get to Graham's guide. Here we go. First problem. Dear Graham and Maria, advice, please. I'm 70 years old, twice married, and now very happily single. My problem is this. For the last 15 years, I've shared a home with my mother, who is 96, as she is almost blind and couldn't manage living alone. In our last house, she had an annex, but that house had to be sold when I got divorced. We live in a lovely place now, but she uses the lounge as her bedroom, as the stairs are no longer safe. Now my daughter, age 41, and my granddaughter, 10, have come to live with us too, so we are bursting at the seams. I love them all, but I'm getting increasingly resentful as I feel that I am just everybody's carer. My daughter doesn't drive, so I do the school run, etc., as we are semi-rural. They will not be here living here forever, and I'm sure she wants her independence too, so they're hopefully a short-term concern. It's my mum who is the real problem, as I long to downsize and live on my own, but feel so guilty as my only option would be for her to go into a care home. She's in good health and could go on for years. I don't want to spend the rest of my life looking after her. Am I being selfish and uncaring? Any advice would be welcome. And that is from Donna in the New Forest. Donna in the New Forest, you are not being selfish and uncaring. I think what you're suffering from here, Donna, is overwhelm at this kind of current situation. I mean, your daughter and granddaughter... In a way, it's lovely to have them there because you're spending time with them, etc. And they won't be there forever. And I'm sorry to say this. 
Neither is your mum going to be there forever. You know, at 96, uh, yes, it's hard work, etc. So for your mum, I'm going to say, why don't you contact your local authorities and see if you can get her into a couple of days a week um, daycare. Graham was just talking about his mum who goes to daycare. <laughs> that gives you some respite on that. I know she's blind, but, it, you know, company with people her own age, etc., and it gives you a break. So I think you just, because you're suffering from overwhelm, you need some structure and some order. I would also say don't be everyone's carer. This is a role that you are choosing to play because you want to be the best mum and the best daughter. Um, get your daughter and her 10-year-old to help out. You know, get a rotor going, somebody cooks one day a week, get them to help with your mum, uh, sitting with her and chatting with her, etc. You know, just a little bit of order in your life, I think, would help you to cope. Because at the moment, you're 70 yourself, and it's all a bit too much for you. But if you can get everyone to chip in Ryan rather than trying to be super mum and super woman then it won't feel so bad and then you will you know you want to get to a stage where you slightly miss them all when they go um it will help your mum as well to have lots of company it see it sounds to me like you've just taken everything on uh it won't last forever your mum is 96. Try and help your daughter and her, her daughter to find a new place. Be active in that. Go and see places with them, etc. It sounds to me like she's maybe split up with someone. So she's probably in a needy place. But, you know, if you're seen to be going forward, it will help. If you feel like you're going forward, it will help you. Graham? Yeah, I think it is that thing. It's, it's just kind of you, you've reached the end of your tether, as they say. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, because you've just, you're, you're fatigued. And I think... What you need to do is give yourself a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And I would say with your daughter, you've got to, you know, there's got to be an end game here because you're saying, oh, she won't want to live here forever. Why not? You do the school run, you know. Yeah. It's, it's lovely. It's a semi-rural place and she doesn't drive. Uh, how's she getting anywhere? You know, so uh, I, I think something needs to change here. Uh, you need to make it less comfortable for your daughter and granddaughter to be in that house. You need to make it so that they have a, a reason for leaving. Now, whether that's just encouraging your daughter to learn how to drive, which would be a big help, uh, or I don't know, but something needs to change there. W with your mom, I mean, it's difficult that you, you she hasn't got her annex anymore, but then it sounds like she probably couldn't exist in that annex independently now anyway. But since your house seems quite big, I would, why don't you make another room for you? Like a, just a room to go sit in, just a living room where you can go and read a book and close the door and just have some you time in there. Uh, just to give your head a bit of space. Because I think that's one of the things, that it's all day, every day. And I think that's what eventually leads to this situation, Donna, where you're you're writing to people kind of going, I am tearing my hair out, what the hell can I do? I just think give you it you you sound like you are in the fortunate position because you want to downsize, that there must be some rooms in this house. So sit in one of them, I would say. Go <laughs> shut the door and adjust, you know, even get a, you know, a meditation app on your phone or something. Just give yourself some space and some time because none of these people, you know, need you constantly. It's not like someone who's, you know... Uh, uh, 
could do themselves a mystery or you know it just I think mm-hmm. you, you can leave your mom for you know a couple of hours she can and listen- maybe daycare yeah. what do you think of that yeah, no, does that's your mom enjoy idea. daycare and also I wonder if she's eligible for someone to come in to help look after the mom I don't know but certainly I'm sure people will have advice on practical things like social services and who you should apply to and how you do that hang in there Donna stay strong and, and be a bit kind to yourself because uh, you you do sound like you're a bit run ragged and it's it's all a bit much for you Sky. The responses part one and my favourite responders today will be getting a Waitrose Summer Chocolate Strawberry. What the hell's that, Norton? Well, let me tell you. It's a rich Belgian chocolate mousse with crunchy biscuit balls and a juicy strawberry compote hiding inside. Where's the strawberry compote? It's hiding. Uh, yeah, it's a giant kind of chocolate strawberry thing. Uh, looks amazing. It sounds delicious. Anyway, uh, our first problem was from Donna from the New Forest. Now, Donna's got herself in a bit of a, a state. She's uh, 70. She's been married twice, happily divorced. For the last 15 years, she's been looking after her mom, who is now 96, I believe. And she's, uh, I think she's, uh, she's almost blind and couldn't have alone. So, you know, Donna stepped up and mom's living with her. That's all fine. However, now Donna's daughter and granddaughter, 41 and 10, respectively, are living with them. And so the house is bursting at the seams and she's got to drive the daughter to school every day because the daughter, no, the granddaughter, because the daughter doesn't drive. And Donna's just at her wit's end and she wants to live alone, but the option is to put her mother in a care home and she doesn't want to do that. Um, What do you think? Big response to this, saying a lot of people are in this sort of boat uh, with an elderly parent. Uh, Billy in Dundee. Donna, you need to inform your daughter that she needs to learn to drive as you are not attached taxi for hire. Well said, Billy and Dundee. Uh, Your mother is in the final years of her life and help is there if you ask for it with carers and respite workers. Inform them all that your intention is to downsize as you need your own space away from other people. Your mum might enjoy daycare or other groups uh, for like-minded people. I mean, the trouble is, Billy, it's such a lottery. You know, if those things are available, great. But if they're not, uh, then she's in the same boat. And, you uh, you know, 96 does sound like the end of days, but you know, conceivable, she's totally healthy, there could be another 10 years. So, and then, you know, that means that Donna's got to be 80. And I, anyway. Julie in Liverpool says, Donna, you're doing everything for everyone else. Graham and Maria are right. Do something for yourself. Even if it's once a week, meet friends, go to a class or just walk and go for coffee, read a book, get out of the house. Something for you to look forward to. Call Age UK. Call Age UK. They will know of activities suitable in your community for your mum. They can also help you with what's available daycare-wise, even if it's one day a week where you can do, where you can do you. While your daughter is there, she can look after her, her grandmother while you do you. Wishing you good luck. And that is so true, Julie. Uh, daughter could definitely do stuff. And it's Age UK. So get in touch with Age UK. Carolyn's in Hertfordshire. I feel so sorry for your texture looking after four generations, including herself. Selfish of her mom to expect 24-hour care from her. We all need take, We all need to take responsibility for our old age and not rely on a retired family member. Well, when we get there, Carolyn, let's talk. <laughs> You may feel differently when you're 96 and almost blind. (laughs) 
Uh, will her non-driving daughter care for her in her old age? Actually, that's a good point. I doubt that. Uh, I do not want my family to be responsible for me in my old age. This may sound harsh, but I've learned from experience. Have a lovely day. Well, same to you, Carolyn. Have a lovely day, Carolyn with a Y. And Ali is in Eastleigh. Adult social care is really good for this and can be contacted on 0300 555 1386. That's 0300 555 1386, Monday to Friday office hours. They will be able to assist with some help with your mom, even if you have to pay. Thank you very much, Ali. And uh, that giant chocolate strawberry, I'm going to give to Julie in Liverpool for her very sensible advice. Virgin Radio. Radio Maria. Kenneth Williams is back. Okay, second problem. Dear Graham and Maria, I met my best friend at work shortly before the pandemic. We were key workers and quickly formed a very strong friendship as we both lived alone and saw nobody else except each other during this time. Eventually, my own relationship ended and me and my friend became intimate. However, I have never felt able to commit to him. He is a wonderful person, kind, easygoing and would treat me well. He is very happy also to share my interests. I have a deep emotional connection with him and he is keen for a relationship. But unfortunately, I'm not attracted to him. I'm in my mid-30s and don't have children, which is not the direction I saw my life going in. I think we would be very happy together and he would be a great father. So do I take the leap of faith and go for it? And that is from Jenny in Loughton. Jenny in Loughton, I think you already know the answer to this, sadly. I mean, you were forced together in a sort of strange dystopian time when we were in the pandemic and you needed each other and you quickly formed a very strong friendship. Now, real life has come back and you know you still have the friendship but you don't you have become intimate at a time when perhaps you both needed to but now you don't find him attractive in that way so I would say don't have children with him don't don't settle Jenny do not settle because yes of course physical attraction is somewhat temporary but it is also a sort of necessary adhesive and life can be very hard I mean you are young enough for children um so keep looking Jenny in Loughton it's not fair to you or to him to go into a relationship uh, feeling this way. Yes, of course, we have an emotional connection, as we all do with our friends. But uh, sexual attraction is something else. And, you know, no one gets to their wedding and goes, oh, yeah, I don't really fancy him. But, you know, he might make a good father. It just feels like you're settling and you're frightened to go out into the world. But, you know, it's not fair on him either. He doesn't want to be in a relationship where someone doesn't find him attractive. It's really, you know, it's it, it's a, it will end very badly is all I'm saying. Get out there, Jenny. You know, the world has opened up. Look for somebody that you are attracted to and keep your lovely friend. And in the fullness of time, you may well, <laughs> you know, end up together. But I think don't settle. Don't settle. Graham, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I feel so sorry for him because, yes. you know, because he's 
there and they have become intimate. So for her to go, I don't find him attractive, he must be looking across at the pillow going, hello. <laughs> no, but it strikes me that they've only been intimate sort of, you know, that that occasion perhaps. It doesn't seem like a, a regular thing. Oh, I don't know. I just feel... I, I he just wants feel... to have a relationship and she doesn't want to, yeah. you see. It sounds like it's not turned into that yet. Yes. But she's got the key to do it. Um, and I feel, you know... You know, if you're going to have a baby, I feel like you shouldn't be thinking he'll do. It no, shouldn't. Exactly. It shouldn't be a kind of you know. No one wants to have the compromise baby. You know, oh, it's he's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll have half of you in this child. I just feel it, it doesn't seem like a the dy- dynamic you want for creating a kid. I mean, you know. Maybe you're being very practical, Jenny. Maybe you're kind of going, you know what? Uh, there's no fire to go out. So <laughs> let's just... Oh, get... that sounds so damning, though, Graham. I know. It? It, it does there was sound... never a fire. Yeah, it, it, sounds, it sounds kind of bleak to me. But, but weirdly, Jenny is considering this. But I, I, again... Is she, though? I think she is. She's genuinely considering it because she's kind of thinking, oh, this guy... Because the trouble is, you know what she'll do? She'll go off, find some guy she's got the absolute hots for, and turns out, yeah, he won't be kind, easygoing, treat her well and happy to share her interests. Share her interests. He'll be, he'll be the opposite of that. And she'll go, great, thanks, everyone. I've got a fire. And uh, it's burning my life down, and I don't want to have a kid with this horrible man. So it, I. She'll probably end up with her friend anyway. She'll go off, do all of that, have a kid, and then that will split split up, and she'll get back together with her emotional connection, <laughs> and he will bring the child up as his own. Um, there, that's I... my idea for a film. <laughs> Yes. It's that, already been done. That's lovely. Um, I, oh, Jenny, I feel for you because, you know, it, you're obviously very comfortable with this man, but maybe, maybe you, you it sounds like you know you want more. You want more. Uh, exactly. Has anyone been in the situation? What advice would you give to Jenny? Eight seven triple two. start that text with the word virgin. Uh, Maria, go find some jumpers, release Rafi from the cage, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. Have a lovely wedding. Bye. Will do. Bye, bye, bye. Graham's Guide. The response is part two. And again, my favourite responder will be getting the Waitrose Summer Chocolate Strawberries. <gasps> the strawberry compound had inside. It's hiding. It's hiding inside. Uh, our second letter was from Jenny from Loughton. And, uh, oh dear, Jenny, basically, she met this man at work. They were key workers. This was during the pandemic. And they formed a very strong friendship. They both lived alone, saw nobody else during this whole time. Well, wouldn't you know it? Uh, her relationship ended and her and the friend became intimate. And he's great, uh, but she never wanted to commit to him. You know, he is a lovely person, kind, easygoing, uh, treats her well, happy to share her interests. But the problem is, Jenny doesn't just doesn't fancy him. She's not really attracted to him. Um, now, she's in her mid-30s, doesn't have children. She didn't imagine her life being like this. So she's now thinking, oh, should I settle for this guy? Because he does seem lovely and he'd make a great dad. And is that enough? You know, should I just go for it, make a leap of faith and see what happens? Well, now, Catherine in heart says, uh, yes, yes, she should definitely go out with him. He sounds perfect for her and love can grow, as can fancying someone. What better basis for a long-term relationship than that? He sounds like he has beautiful qualities that will last way beyond any intimacy when, naturally, as you get older, companionship and longevity outweigh sexual attraction. All right. What does Dom and Cambridge think? 
Uh, Dom thinks that this man was a safe place at a time when needed. If there's no attraction, it's not fair in either of them, and in the long term, there will only be resentment. But be prepared to lose the friendship, as once that line has been crossed, it's very hard for a man to be put back in the friendship zone. It doesn't work. Well, okay, um, I mean, fair enough. All right, Dom. Uh, Julie's in Liverpool. Jenny. Leave him. It sounds like he's now in the friend zone. That's not a relationship. Starting a family is a huge commitment and this wouldn't be fair to either of you or your children. Put your big girl pants on, have the difficult conversation and start the rest of your life, then he can too. And Jenna Greenwich says, I think what we might be seeing with Jenny is someone who does find her best friend attractive and maybe even loves him, but he doesn't fit with the classic idea of attractive, so she doesn't want to admit it to herself. Okay. Uh, Or even more likely, to her friends. If this is the case, stop thinking about what everyone else might think and go with who you want to spend your life with. Is it your friend? Are you in love with him? Only you know the answer. Go with it. I mean, I don't agree with everything Jen Greenwich says, but I do, I'm going to give you the, um, the big chocolate story from Waitrose because I do think, in the end, those are the questions you need to ask yourself. Do you love this man? Uh, do you want to spend the rest of your life with him? And only you can answer that question. Um, Well, I hope you find the answer to that question. Uh, Jenny from Lighton, and thanks for your sponsors today. Graham Norton on Virgin Radio. Martha, Martha, where art thou, Martha? Well, she's off on her summer holidays. But do not worry, we are still giving away some Waitrose prizes with our Waitrose Great Outdoor Eating Competition. Cue the music. Now, I feel as if this music's slightly laughing at us today, but it is the middle of summer. You might not think it to look outside, but it is. So we are celebrating all things al fresco dining with the Waitrose Great Outdoor Eating Competition. Uh, I'm about to give someone £250 to spend at Waitrose because last week, Martha and myself, we asked you to show us how you've been outdoor eating. Could be a picnic, barbecue, meal that you cooked inside but then took outside very quickly and ate before the flies did. And uh, the idea is you're, you know, make a little video and you're feasting al fresco. Lovely. So we had really some extraordinary entries and I spent a long time deliberating. But I have to say, I'll explain more about this decision in a second. But I'm pleased for now to announce that the winner is Claire in Newcastle. Hi, Graham. So today we were supposed to be in South Shields watching Jason Donovan. But because of the really bad weather, it's been cancelled. So we've moved things into Sarah's garden where we are listening to Jason Donovan's greatest hits and we've made an absolute feast so this is what we're having arancini cheese straws mini calzones which aren't as mini as we thought pizzas are the only thing that aren't homemade florentines lemon cello tiramisu pasta salad Gemma brazy salad and antipasto brazy salad and So this is our feast for today and we are really looking forward to it. So please consider us for the voucher for Waitrose uh, (laughs) so we can spend all the money on our next outdoor activities. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Congratulations to Claire in Newcastle. If you want to see it, and it's worth seeing because they've they've all dyed their hair pink and purple and stuff and they're having a lovely time out in the garden. I like their show. What's it called? Caprese. Crazy salad. (laughs) Yeah, what's that salad? Crazy. 
Uh, you you see the video, you can head to our Instagram. We're at Virgin Radio UK. And uh, I, should, I must give a special mention to Michael in Whitechapel, regular correspondent. If you saw his, you probably would think he should have won. But Michael, it was so long. It was the Oppenheimer of of outdoor eating videos. And also, as dark as Oppenheimer, just lots of close-ups of wood burning and this huge slab of meat smoking overnight. Have you slept, Dad? No, I haven't, no. Hey, Mom, how are you? It, it, I mean, it's really quite... It, it's intense and beautifully made, Michael, but I just thought that people might appreciate the, the fun and frolics of Claire and Newcastle more. Uh, but I have to say, the smoked meat in the end looked delicious. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Virgin Radio. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Graham. Nice how are you? Nice to meet you. I'm good, thank you. Good, 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 yeah. good, good. I was saying to you while the record's on, you know, 11 years, yeah. people wait for it. And you kind of think, I wonder where they are now. What's this going to be? You know, is it going to be very introspective and maybe a bit gloomy? But it's so not. It's so up. It's got the brass. It's got everything you want from Dexys. Uh, nice. That's good to know. We, we, well, it's one of the reasons we chose that one. It's kind of reminiscent of some of the older stuff, but a modern version of it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I guess the question will always be, you know, it's not like an anniversary. It's like it's a 11 years. It's quite a random number of years. Mm. Uh, what what decided to get you all back in the studio now to do an album? I don't know. It was just um we after the we did um after the last album, I think I just felt I needed a break and um I just kind of lost a bit of vitality. So I just wanted to work on myself a bit and I just really didn't feel like doing music and I knew if I did it would be a real trudge so I just didn't do much just you know looked after myself and then about 2020 21 I just thought hmm, I quite like to do music now again and uh first thing I did was phone up Jim longtime songwriting partner and yeah. see what we got looked at some stuff and that was one of them that we started some time ago but never really finished and um I don't know this one just flowed you know and tell me, I know you, so you had a bad crash, a bad motorcycle crash. Did that influence the, the, the decision to get back into the studio and, and create again? It maybe did subconsciously because I was kind of laid up for about six months with my leg up in the air. So um, it probably did make me think a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where where was it? Where did it happen? In Thailand. Oh, during okay. the rainy season, I was just trying to do a turn in the mud and then I don't know what happened. I lost control. The bike went up in the air and just landed on my leg and... Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's just wow. Well, you're healing hearty now. You'd never no, no, know. I'm good, good. Yeah, yeah all and, good. and the legs all good. And yeah, yeah, almost, almost, <laughs> almost. You know. Well, it better It'll be. Do. It better be good because uh, Dexys are. You're back on the road. You're going <laughs> to be performing these things live. When's that all kicking off? We start off? on the fourth of September in York, and then we do loads of Liverpool, London, loads of big cities yeah. all around. And. When you say, you know, the feminine divine, and it's yeah. about, it, it's kind of about the uh, uh, that journey into discovering the femininity and all that sort of stuff. Is that something that just comes from you or are you sharing that experience with the other members of the band? It, it mostly comes from me, you know, it comes from me. And I remember when, I, when we first went to do a couple of vocals, I went around Mike's place and, um, and I can't remember, it was one of them that was a little bit, you know, different. And um, so he's saying, get a sound on the vocal. And he hadn't heard any of the lyrics. And I'm just sort of going, so humming along. And then I just thought, I'd well, better get the lyrics out. And so when we actually did it, I said, it's a little bit out there. And he went, yeah, it's not, not that out there. So, yeah, it's about my own, uh, my own femininity and recognising others' femininity. Yeah, all of that. Because now is a kind of a great time to be able to explore that because lots of people are talking about it. And it's kind of, do you kind of think, oh, I wish I'd realised this about myself earlier i mean it's been a journey with me i mean i did i did 
recognise it myself. We did an album called My Beauty in 99. I wore a dress on the front cover of that. Um, so, but it's been, a, it's been a journey and the album kind of tells a story. In, in some ways, my story, it's like the first song is like, I'm really, it's pretending to be macho and just like pretending to be this tough guy. And the second song, he says, well, that's not really how I, how I am. And then the, he, then he kind of evaluates things over the next couple of songs. And then in the fifth song, Feminine Divine, he looks at his relationship with women. Then he gets into a relationship in a different way. And then that plays out the rest of the album. So it's got a narrative. And, and the little spoken bits, are yeah. they literally captured in the studio or were they kind of scripted and you knew what was going to be in or did you oh, just... they were scripted yeah okay but um but I, I yeah i knew what they were going to be but it was about getting them getting the right it's like a bit like acting trying to get the right emotion you know yeah, yeah. and you know you've got the new music and obviously you've got a big back <laughs> big get back catalog yeah. uh do what's it like when you get back on the road when when did you last do live gigs 2012, 2013. Wow, so it is a big old gap. It's a big old gap. Have you done a rehearsal yet? Oh god, well not all together, <laughs> but I've been uh, I've been working on my vocals. I've been talking to everybody about the arrangements, and then I think it's August the fourth or something like that. We all go in the studio together, yeah, and start rehearsing. We've got a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're kind of prepared already. And what do you bring with you? Do you bring any brass, or is that all on? Uh, no, we we brass, stuff? we brass yeah. and strings live. Yeah, yeah. That'll be amazing. Well, you, I, I hope so. You must be looking forward to it. Sometimes. And sometimes, <laughs> no, you know, nervous. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess if you were looking forward to it, you might have done it before 2012. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to do it with a new album. I didn't want to just do a load of shows and just focus on the old stuff only, you know. Um, so the first half of the show is going to be the whole new album. And we're going to act it out because it's a drama. We're going to perform it theatrically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, as well as play it. Yeah, so it's a lot going on. There's a lot of ideas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, Kevin, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, well, I hope so. And then, yeah. then there's an interval, and then we come back and do the old stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. I think that's such a great... I, I went to see um, uh, oh, Walk Under Ladders, um, Joan Arbitrating. Yeah. And she said that. She came out and kind of went, I'm going to be my own support. I'm going to play my entire new album. Yeah. And we kind of laughed. We thought, oh, yeah. she's joking. Oh, no, wow. she played her whole... <laughs> New album. And it was great because actually loads of people go to hear mm -hmm. the old stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they mightn't, you know, they mightn't be buying Feminine Divine. So it's great that they get to hear it and they get well, to experience it. Well, they get to hear it. And also, hopefully, there's something to watch. We're not just standing there playing our instruments. There's a drama. So Claudia Choprek, who's going to be the female protagonist uh, in the show, she's coming over from New York. So there's going to be a, there's, it's a drama to watch as well as listen. Wow. This album. So you sat down and you wrote, Lots of songs for it, but some of the songs you kind of had. Am I right? In a kind of yeah, in a drawer yeah. somewhere? Yeah, coming home. We'd written a version of ages ago, but never quite finished it. The first two or three songs on the album, um, so they kind of got an older viewpoint, and then uh, the newer songs seem to stretch into the second part of the and story. What's, what's that like when you kind of, I don't know how you do it, when, if you metaphorically open a drawer and yeah. <laughs> find a song you wrote kind of 20 years ago, yeah. uh, what's it like revisiting it? I mean, it's great because I, 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 I'm a really slow writer anyway and I use I, I do rewrites and I love to have a bit of time. You know, I, I often come back to stuff a few months later and, ah, oh, that's not right. I, can, I need the benefit of time to really see. So 10, 20 years, I've got loads of benefit and I can just go, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right, that's wrong, keep that bit, lose that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, pretty yeah. good. 
And what's it like with when? Because in these eleven years, do you guys stay in touch, or is it very much kind of like we're living our own lives, and I'll see you when I see you? Well, we we do stay in touch. Um, and what happened is at the end of whenever it was, 2013, 24, whatever, I took everybody for a meal and just said, look, guys, I've, I'm, I need a break. We're going to, you know, keep in touch, but let's, you know. And we did. We kept in touch. And then about three or four, we, we always kept in touch. About three or four years ago, I said, listen, I'm, I'm ready to do something. And uh, everybody was like, great. Well, we got some ideas and off we went. And has it ever, have you ever broke up? No, you never did that. I mean, we did. We did in the 80s, you know. We, we didn't we, tell anyone. Well, we, you know, as about half the band left at one point. And, um, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, we broke up a couple of times. But it just seems, when I look back now, it just seems for the best, you know. At the time, oh, no, what am I going to do? He's left, she's left, whatever. But it just seemed, you know, that we kind of, it and actually run its course. And then, well, we'll get some new guys in. And it kind of brought us new energy. And with each album, we tried to take a new direction. So it kind of works. Yeah. But looking at how, and what's it like when you do the second half of the show and you're yeah. doing the older tracks? Yeah. What does it feel like being Kevin Rowland 2023 doing those songs now? Do you recognise the Kevin Rowland from back then who wrote those songs? And I sort of do. I sort of do recognise the person, but I even make, um, I even make reference, but I'm a completely different person, as I'm sure we all are. Yeah. You know, but um, I even make reference to that. There's like a song called Until I Believe in My Soul. And I, there's this passage where I literally used to go, I'm going to punish on stage, I'm going to punish my body to believe in my soul. And I used to do this thing like James Brown, bounce down on my knees, jump up on my feet, bounce down on my knees, jump on me. It was madness, but that's what I did. I was a good Catholic boy, you know, and um, that's what I did. And now I say, uh, and when I when we used to do this back in the 80s, I, I used to punish my body to believe in my soul. And I, and I always make some comment about how incredible that was, that I actually did it. Yeah. But that's how I do it. Yeah, well, now, post-motorcycle crash, that is not happening. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And one of the things, an enormous thing in your life, I guess, was sobriety. And what is that, yeah. 30 years of sobriety? 29, coming up 30. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm and, blessed, yeah. And is that part of this journey, the feminine divine journey? Oh, totally, totally. Because when I got into recovery from cocaine addiction, which is, I said, nearly, 20, nearly 30 years ago, um, I had to kind of look at everything not just the addiction, but my whole life, my whole outlook towards everything. And over a period of time, in small increments, I started to see, man, that was really screwed up. That was really messed up. And uh, it just opened me up to my own femininity, to all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, it's massive. And a big change in your life like that, I always feel like if if you've had your success, particularly creatively, like writing songs and, you yeah. know, you're a bit out of your head, yeah. were you scared what would sober Kevin be like as a creative artist or as a performer yeah yeah totally because I didn't have any crutches to fall back on um totally and it took a long time it was about seven or eight years before I before I did any music I just sort of worked on myself up to that point um and went very slowly I was scared yeah um and I almost wished I didn't have a past at that time because I just wanted to do something new and everybody's gone, oh, yeah, but it's not like your old stuff. And I go, no, because I feel like a new person now. <laughs> but it's, but I think what's interesting is yeah. with this album, yeah. it's like you have kind of come full circle. Because yeah. these sound like if if you played this album, people yeah. would go, is that Texas? Yeah. You know, they, they'd okay. get it. Okay. Oh, Don't you good. think? 
Yeah, I think a lot of it. A lot of it they would. Some of the tra- later tracks on the album they wouldn't. Um, yeah. But but some of them they would for sure. And I'm I'm pleased about that. But it's in a modern way, hopefully. Yeah, but also yeah. I think it's a really like I say because you, you kind of think if something's been away for eleven years, yeah. what will it sound like? And I think what's great is it's it's so positive and it's so up. I mean, you must be pleased with you must be pleased with the energy of this album. Oh, it doesn't totally. it doesn't sound like some old men singing a song. No, totally, totally. No, I wanted it to be that. We were feeling positive, and it's about a journey and it's into positivity. And I wanted it to reflect that. And I've always liked records like the Beach Boys and and tracks that sound good in the summer. You know, really positive stuff. So <laughs> I've always wanted us to sound like that. Really, Joe, it's so funny you say that because when because you know, my memory of you guys sure. was my very first Lon- London summer, which I think was eighty two. Eighty two. And uh, yeah, and it was nothing but you. <laughs> it wow. was just that was the absolute. It wasn't even like just part of the soundtrack. It was the. It seemed like the only song that summer. Wow. You must have been so weird to be in the middle of it. That was it was great, you know. But um, and I'm glad that it was that. It, we got them songs that sound good in the summer because they were always my favourites, you know? Yeah. Songs that kind of capture the summer in a way. Well, I'd like you to leave the studio and find the summer again. Because, I'll do my because, best. I'll do my because best. it seems to have disappeared. Oh. Uh, Kevin Rowland, so lovely yes, to talk thank to you. you. so much, uh, Just a reminder, everybody, The Feminine Divine is Dexie's new album. It's a gorgeous thing. It is out next Friday. And that single, Coming Home, is out now. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, Kevin Rowland. I thank will. you very Thanks much. Thanks for having me, Graham. All Thanks, right, man. take care. Bless and you. Uh, so great to see you looking so well and sounding oh, so good. Oh, man, likewise. Thanks All right, take care of yourself. Graham Norton on Virgin Radio. Thanks so much for listening today. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time.